Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Well, let's see here. If I take my phone out and I open up my fantasy football app where I will see the score between Lofa and I's team, it's a big matchup this weekend. You guys played each other? Yes, we are playing each other currently. And uh, right now, uh, before Monday Night Football, the Sea Chickens, my mighty Sea Chickens, (laughs) are up on... Uh, Mosiula's team. Mosi- I always get nervous. To say, I don't want to. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's never changed it from what Yahoo gave him as a default <laughs> team name. So it's just his name, but his full name. But uh, I'm up. I'm up 102 to 84. We both have one player left. I think I got this one in the yeah. early season showdown. First of all, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in five fucking leagues. All right, it's hard to keep, hard to keep track of all this shit. Be ready, here it comes. Here we go. What did mm-hmm. I get into? I will. And yeah, Cam Akers, a healthy scratch. They tell us that uh, he's possibly trade bait. Uh, as I'm watching the pregame show, I look at the clock. It's nine fifty nine, so I have no time to move him. And uh, yeah, so healthy scratch after he ran for, I don't know what two touchdowns against us last week. I was like, mm-hmm. what the hell. Mm-hmm. But no, no excuse. Uh, this is actually I'm I haven't won a game in a single one of the five leagues. Oh no! Was. And oh. Uh, this is the one league I have. This the, right? Oh and oh and ten. I'm looking to go one and ten because I'm going to lose against Brett. But um, this is the only league I also didn't draft. Every other one I did draft. So I have my, myself to blame, and I have the computer to thank for. Or AI, whoever auto drafts for, yeah. for the only win I have last week. So, dude, I'm go. hey, listen, I'm this is the only league I play in, and I'm just happy to get a win because week one I had J.K. Dobbins, who unfortunately goes down for the rest of the season, and then of course I had Rogers, Rogers, Ooh. who had 75 seconds. So the Steve Chickens need a win this weekend, man. I uh, I'm in two leagues, undefeated so far, but last week I was down. What was I down? I mean, I had like, you know, that little percentage thing they, they yeah. show, that shows mm-hmm. up. It's like, oh, yeah. you have this. I was like 12% chance of winning, and I had Dallas's defense against the Giants. Oh. And, and they scored like 35 points or something. <laughs> something ridiculous. And I was like, all right, well, got my win. So I'm uh, holding that undefeated streak. <laughs> Good I can't trust those percentages. You can't do it. After that, I will never look at those percentages the same again. Right. Speaking of wins, we got a big one to talk about. Ready to kick it off? Yeah. Because you can't win in the first quarter. You can't win in the second quarter. Uh-huh. And if you don't win it in the fourth quarter, there's overtime. There we go. <laughs> Like Pete Carroll himself, right there. It's the Take 12 Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. He's Lofa Tatupu. I'm Brett Davern, and joining us on this episode is another local boy, Yay! Kirkland High School's finest. <laughs> B. Walt, Brian Walters, Brian with a Y. We, we yes, with a Y. You got that one right. Now we got. I got to clarify this though. There's two high schools in Kirkland, and we don't want to be associated with one of them. So Juanita mm-hmm. High School, how about that? In Juanita. Ooh, Juanita. We'll, we'll give yeah. Juanita a shout out. You know, we don't want to go Lake Washington inside. Thanks. Yeah. But then, but then he went to Cornell, Lofa. Cornell. It's a good school. Maybe you've heard of it. Good school. Absolutely. The football powerhouse Absolutely. of Cornell University. He also won a Super Bowl championship with your Seahawks. So 
Uh, welcome to the show, Brian. We really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for stopping by. You guys can find Brian on social media at bwalt19. You guys can also find him for three hours pregame and postgame on uh, 710 with Bumpus and Paul Moyer and, and Turbo and Ray Roberts. And Lofa and I did your guys' show there at Touchdown City. It was a blast uh, pre-week one there. Uh, before the Rams game. And then that, you know, that wasn't a blast. Um, But anyway, uh, (laughs) but yeah, man, thanks for dropping by. Um, The Take 12 podcast, everybody, brought to you by Wiener Schnitzel. Don't forget, two locations, Everett and Fife. Go in and check them out. Get some chili dogs, some mini corn dogs, or of course, all the delicious ice cream treats. Uh, Like I said, one in Everett, one in Fife. Mention Take 12. Get a small, free, uh, free, small soda. (laughs) drink yes like that reverse it uh free small soda when you mention take 12 at either wiener schnitzel location all right to the game everybody the the seattle seahawks they they came out of detroit victorious i will never pick the seahawks to win a game ever again because if you were listening to our pregame episode it worked everybody we reversed the curse here on the show so you're welcome you're welcome thank you thank you you're welcome well, you went with the Lions? Why well, I had a score? I had to. I had to. What was the score you I, picked? What, what did I say? Like like Lions 19, Seahawks 18 and a half. It was a fake score anyway, Brian. The whole thing was a ruse to try to get a W. 18 and a half. I like it. <laughs> and it worked. It worked, everybody. The Lions or the sorry, the Seahawks get out of there. Uh 37 to 31. I'm not sure if anyone nailed that score prediction. We'll check that out. We you did. Know, we had our first ever winner. We did. We finally did. You were checking. I get congratulated him on on the gram. I oh was wow! Like the first okay. ever in four years, someone accurately predicted the score and the winner. So wait, the the first time ever that someone nails it after we changed the competition <laughs> because no one has ever nailed it. So we changed the whole thing to be a compounding. You know, build the dollars up, and then someone wins it on the first time out. Wins it right away. <laughs> Nails it. That's kind of how it goes around here. Uh, all right. Well, we'll figure out the name and, and we'll give you guys the information on that. But um, just first of all, I got to get you guys just impressions coming off the game. I, I know you both were watching and um, it, it was just I mean, it was a big win, big win for the team. Exciting way to do it and all that good stuff. What were your thoughts, Lofa? Yeah, I, I don't know if we we lost B. Walton. So I'll go first. Am I here? It'll, uh, keep going. I, I got it on my side. Oh, OK, it. perfect. Uh, in a word. Mm-hmm. Emotional. <laughs> you saw my text, buddy. Uh-huh. I, I could throw in emojis left and right to every chat group I was in. Yeah. Um, just back and forth, back uh-huh. and forth. Everything you want in a football game, especially when your team wins. But, mm-hmm. uh, man, the resilience that both team and the fight, I mean, big hits left and right. Yeah. I mean, I, it was it was awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Brian, uh, we had to be excited watching this one. Yeah, Oh, I mean, and doing the show, I mean, like the Rams game after that was, I mean, that three hours of post game is just brutal, especially after mm-hmm. a game like that. Cause you're trying to, you know, your job's kind of to stay positive and, and yeah. find like all the silver linings and be like, Oh, there's still hope. There's still hope. And, and I mean, for three hours of that was just, I mean, we, we couldn't wait to get out of there. And so this game to have that yeah. kind of excitement, you know, like, like Lopez said, a lot of ups and downs in it, but, but you just knew that they'd come out and, that wasn't the second half of the Rams game wasn't the team that we know, you know, Pete's going to put on the field. So you knew there was going to be something different. They're going to have something to prove and come out. And I mean, what a game with the lions. It's always, it's always something. There's, it's always a shootout. There's always some excitement. Jared Goff's been playing out of his mind the last, you know, 10 games or so of his, um, well, you know, he's had great years, but last 10 games, you know, that interception record is unbelievable. So right, that was my right. prediction that we were going to get that interception record. You know, pregame, I was like, we got to get this. We got to end nice. this. You know, he got the 384 attempts and, and finally got the pick six by Trey Brown. So uh, love to see that. But you need plays like that. Uh, they, they finally got him. The Rams game, they didn't get the big plays. They didn't have the turnovers, no sacks, nothing, no game-changing plays. And they finally, you know, they were able to get a few of those against uh, the lions and that's yeah makes it 
Well, and offensively, I mean, let's start on the offensive side of the ball this this episode because they needed to do something offensively, especially after that second half uh, uh, against the Rams, and they sure did. I mean, scoring on the first drive, it felt like, I mean, I you know, I, I was elated. I was overjoyed. It felt like we were playing with house money right right away, you know? I mean, when's the last time that you felt comfortable like that right away, you know, Galofa, right? I mean... That was that was nice, and to do it with the running game, woo! I'll let our offensive guy speak to the offense. I'll, I'll jump in. You know, after. you know what's crazy about well, one, the first half of the Rams game, right? You know, we didn't mm-hmm. punt. We had four possessions, three scores, and a missed field goal. And then yeah. this game, they came out the same way, and they were able to punch it in and actually get a touchdown for the opening drive, which was great. But what's yeah. crazy? You mentioned the run game, and we're sitting there watching this game, and and we're. And like a, we got into halftime, and we're like, man, they're running the ball so great. Like this is awesome. You know, some big chunks, all that. And we looked at the yards, and it was yep. like he was averaging like one point. It was like thirteen yards carry, uh, rushing for Kenneth Walker. You know, ten rushes right. for thirteen yards. We're like, what is wrong? What this doesn't seem right. And then at the end yeah. of the game, it was the same thing. I think they rushed for, I don't know. I don't even know what the I numbers are. Like say sixty it. or seventy yeah. total yards with Geno getting twenty of them. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he rattled off a bunch. Yeah, I mean, Kenneth Walker, 17 attempts for 43, and then Geno with three for 20. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Charbonnet, four attempts for only 16 yards, yep. But But it was the types of run. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he was was, out of the 17 carries, he probably got hit in the backfield 12 times, you know, and still got positive yardage, like, out of most of those. And so um, the, the way they ran the ball and the fact that Waldron stuck to it knowing that it's just going to – because right off of that came those great play actions, you know, where we pull a guy and it looks like a power, and all of a sudden it's match protection and we get a shot down the field, whether it's Noah Fant or DK across the middle, lock it. Mm-hmm. It was – it all set up. It was a great great game plan and great execution. But, yeah, Charbonnet had a couple of runs that were just tough, just finishing, running people. Even DJ Dallas on his one run for three yards – Ran through Aiden Hutchinson. Hutchinson got hurt. Um, you know, you don't like to see that, but it was just it was making a statement and sending a yeah. message, especially to a physical Dan Campbell Lions team. Yeah, right. absolutely. You said it. I mean, that, yep, yeah. Go ahead, Brian. I was just saying how just they stuck to it. You know, they they, yeah. they just yeah. they had that game plan. That's what they want to do. They want to run the ball, and they just stuck to it. And I, I think I keep comparing it to the Rams game because that was just such a, it's such a good game to compare to. I think that the Rams game, Kenneth Walker had 12 carries and we had talked about it. We were like, he needs 15, 20 carries at least to get momentum going and have, make sure this offense has control. So they got up to that, this game. And I mean, you're right. He made so many guys miss just dancing around. He looked like Barry Sanders in Detroit right there. I didn't want to say yeah. it. It was a big day for Barry Sanders out there with big the statue. Day. You guys see that statue? Mm-hmm. That's that sweet. Beautiful. It is yeah. sweet. Awesome. Yeah, it yeah. looks like it's moving. It's a it's perfect statue for him. Yeah. Yeah, the the stat line for him it's grungy, you know, 17 carries, 43 yards, but it's the two touchdowns there. It's those like grimy, grinded out, grungy rushing touchdowns. I love it. I I, yeah, I like yeah. like that. that. Second and, one. Yeah, go ahead. Nowhere, I'm sorry. The second one has nowhere to go. He reverses, jumps, cuts backwards, uh, yeah. a la Barry and goes around the corner untouched. And the yeah. other one like Brett mentioned was right up the gut. It was a uh, and shout out to that old line, man. We were yeah. undermanned. Yeah, totally. We're going to make our way around the offense because there's plenty of shout outs uh, yeah. to go around. Let's let's go to the receivers because, uh, you know, DK, six catches, 75. Um, Tyler Lockett, which, uh, you know, I, I'm so glad we have a receiver on this episode, Lofa, because, I mean, just yes. let's – I mean – who who do you want to start with? Because I could talk about Tyler all day. So if you start with Tyler, we'll probably never get off of it. I mean, I was texting our our group chain. I was just saying, you know, I mean, top top three wide receiver in Seahawks history, the best wide receiver in Seahawks history, the most clutch wide receiver in Seahawks history. I mean, I'm not sure. You could say anything you want. I'd probably agree with you on it right now when it comes to Tyler Lockett. The guy's just incredible and the receivers uh including Noah Fant the tight ends in in terms of receiving everybody stepped up in this game for Gino and 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 for themselves and it was great to see well I think the tight ends were the most impressive part of that game Um, Mm -hmm. I I think this group the tight end group is so stable and we don't talk about it very much because they're just you know we just expect expect it out of them you know they're kind of the veterans of the crew they've been around it's been the same crew for years um, and, and they just keep doing their thing. I mean, between them, I'm going to remember these numbers. 
I think they had nine catches out of 10 targets for 132 yards. And the most important part, and they actually had three out of the, the four biggest plays, you know, 31 yards, 21 yards, 18 yards or something from Will, Noah, and Colby. And, mm-hmm. but the most impressive thing, they did that while you had two backup tackles playing against a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, and they were asked to chip all game long. And, and man, they had some good chips. You know, you had it. You had them, they zoomed in on a couple of these and you had Will knocking Aiden off his, off his line, almost to the ground and, and how important that is to a game. A lot of people don't understand, but just taking that pressure off of Gino with those backup tackles who are getting in is just huge. So, I mean, hats off to the tight ends all game and they just kept doing their thing. And we, we were talking about this too in the, in, well, during the game, a lot of uh, catches over the middle and we haven't seen that very much. Uh, we've seen a lot of, maybe some flat routes to the tight end, getting them open, a lot of crossing routes. But, you know, seeing Noah Fant just, you know, post up at 15, 20 yards down the field and, and Gino stepping up and just firing a bullet to him and letting him fall for five, 10 more yards is, is huge. I mean, that middle of the field is, is wide open, as we saw a lot of teams have been doing that against the Seahawks. They're just mm-hmm. using that middle of the field. And it's tough. Lofa played linebacker. He played the middle of the field. It's tough to do all that, right? Guard it, all that. It space. is the biggest mismatch. And I've said it. You got guys, tight ends that are six five, you know, two fifty. So they're several inches tall, in my case, about a half a foot. And then also they're still <laughs> fast and strong. And so to cover them, you know, it's 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 a mismatch that a lot of teams don't take advantage of. So absolutely do all. Well, when you look down the receiving uh, stat list here, and, it, you know, DK on top of yardage-wise, right? It was 675, then Tyler Lockett. But then, like Brian said, then it's the three tight ends are listed next. All three in a row right there, Fant, Parkinson, and Disley. And for me, I mean, Noah Fant had a, had a, great, had a great game uh, for the Hawks. I mean, just like on the final drive there, starting it out with a great reception. Um, and, and what, so if, if I start to talk about that and all the different names here on the list, then that naturally moves me over towards Gino because what a game for Gino, what a, uh, I don't, I mean, call it a bounce back game if you want, but in any case, he, he was just surgical, including overtime, of course. And, and in the fourth quarter when they really needed it, 32 of 41 for 328 and two touchdowns. That's more like it, right? Lofa. It was masterful. I mm-hmm. mean, I know there's that one play. The one play. That he would like back. Yeah. Uh, I understand what he was doing, and I, I know he'll learn from it. Um, he's trying to get it to the two-minute two warning with 11 seconds, so he's like, I got to buy the time to get rid of it. But other than that, it was unreal what he was able to do. Used his legs, got a couple first downs, and penalties brought that back and put us in tough positions. And so – but just – uh, spread the ball around to everyone, went through his progressions, uh, made the right play, got rid of the ball in a timely fashion to help out the tackles. Uh, shout out to Curran and Forsyth. They, yeah. they had some tough duties. Yeah. Um, and it was, and then even shout out to the running backs again. They were picking up the blitz all day. Walker, Dallas, uh, Charbonnet, they came up and, you know, brought it to them. So, uh, but when we get to it, Gino, man, there was one point where he was 20 of 24. 200 some yards um, and he had got pressured. There was eight or nine pressures. So like 30% of the time, like every three dropbacks he was getting hit or pressured. And mm-hmm. so for him, the, the one he stepped up, they, they brought two cap, two guys off the edge. It was a, it's a seven step drop max protect and they missed the guy on the right. He stepped up into the pocket, made a miss and then uh, threw it down to the sideline. It was, it was just, man, he was on. His his movement in the pocket, and then also the different kinds of throws, the touch passes over the top to the uh, the one in particular. I think in overtime, right to Parkinson, when he's like to the to his left, and he kind of just puts that little the air on it that we were kind of used to seeing from a previous quarterback of ours, uh, time and time again. But yeah, I mean, right, Brian. I mean, the the different kinds of throws that he's making to the receivers, because because that's important. He he's, he knows when to float it and knows when to you know rocket one in there, right? It's cool. Yeah, exactly. He's uh, I'm so tired of people still doubting Gino. I really am. I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, you go through your first four games of last season. Everyone's like, well, I don't know. Like, can he keep it going for, for the rest of the season? Then he goes another four games of 
playing great ball. You know, I don't know. He's still got half a season. Then he goes a full season. And everyone's like, I don't know. Like, maybe a lucky season. Like, it's always just the next thing. Like, everyone's always, can he keep going? Can he keep going? You know, he's a pro bowler. And then you have one half in the Rams game where he really wasn't on the field very much. You know, that was just a fluke by everybody, I think. And, and, and then he comes back and he does Geno things again. And people are kind of surprised by it. I'm like, no, like this is your quarterback. This guy is good. And, and Mm -hmm. you know, what really stood out uh, to me that the big changing point, uh, turning point in the game for me was right there early in the late in the third, early fourth quarter, uh, the Seahawks got the ball on a, on a, I think turnover on downs. They stopped the Lions. Uh, on fourth down, you know, Lions always go for it on fourth. They do that stuff. I kind of like it, but you know, when, yeah. when, when it's in, in our gamble. favor, especially. Yeah. But in, and so, in gamble, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I, I like it. I really do. It's fun. It shows confidence in your team. But it backfired on them here because the Seahawks were given a short field. They were, um, you know, I think they they had a nine play, forty five yard drive at the uh, start of the fourth quarter, which put them ahead. But in this drive, you know, Lofa, you mentioned it. They kept pushing it, driving, and then, you know, they had a in, intentional grounding or a legal motion pe- penalty or something that was – or a legal yeah. shift or a legal formation, which was legal I formation. thought was questionable. There's always illegal formations. Every single play, it's an illegal formation. Guys are – everyone's on the line. Everyone's off. But you just have to point to the ref and say, yeah, I'm off, even though you're on – like, it's just a weird, weird deal. They had uh, – what was the other penalty on that? I have it written down here somewhere. Was that was a, the one that it was like the two receivers weren't on the line. And even on the broadcast, they were like, how do these guys not know yeah. the difference? And I'm sitting well, on my we, couch going, I've watched football for 30 something years and I have no idea who is supposed to cover the end of the tight end or not. And if they're supposed to be off his hip or one step back, Brian, like you, how the hell do you know where to go when you run out there wide like that? I always watch you guys point at the ref. I know you're not doing anything either. I know. I've known the just, whole time that you guys are just pointing and not. There's nothing happening. The outside guy has no excuse ever. Outside guy, he can see everyone in. If no one's on the line of scrimmage, take the line of scrimmage because you okay. got to have a guy on the line of scrimmage. That's it. I if got someone's inside you's on the line of scrimmage, just step off the line of scrimmage because you can't cancel. You know, as far as skill yeah. receivers, that so it's, it's that, that easy. easy. But but all you have to do, no matter where you line up, really. Is, is just point at the ref and say I'm off or off, and it, you don't even have to move. Like he doesn't, he doesn't care. He just wants to, you to know that wants to see you know where you're supposed to be lined up. Because okay. honestly, you know how many times I've lined up out there and and the tackle is, is so far behind me, and and somehow I'm on the line, I'm off the line of scrimmage, and he's on the line of scrimmage, but but he's behind me, and so he's in the just, backfield. He's in the backfield. You know how these tackles lined up, and you're just like it, it's just the weirdest rule. And the fact that they called it right there when when you look at it, JSN is pretty much in line with the tackle. Yes. He's in line and the tackles supposedly on the ball. And so it's just one of those things that the rest called or uh, uh, flew the, uh, threw the flag because they just want to make a point. I, I don't know what it is. And then, then there was the intentional grounding on that drive, which well, that, that one is still a head scratcher. Yeah. What the hell happened yeah. there? Um, and so, it, you know, intentional grounding isn't made for miscommunication, right? It's for getting out of a sack or something under duress. Pressure, so yeah. It, pressure, yes. And and so, I mean, I, I don't understand that. I feel like that's football 101 for refs. I, I don't understand how they get right. in and they huddle up and they talk about I, it and they still hold. How do you, you get know. it wrong? Yeah, if you, okay, because even Pete was over there. I saw Bobby point and he's like, there was no pressure. It was a miscommunication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just which happens fade. all the time, mm-hmm. which happened at other points during the game, which happened. I mean, I flip it over to red zone sometimes like they're showing yeah. other games. It happens all the time. A guy stops yeah. the quarterback, throws it long. I mean, you see it all the time. Exactly. Yeah. So so on that drive, though, they had three penalties. They had the offsides to start them off, backed them up. They overcame and they got the first down. Then they had the you know intentional grounding backed them up and so they're they had a second and 20 gino was able to scramble for 15 yards or so get it to 35 yep. and then the intentional grounding backed them up another five so now it's third and 10 and then they hit Lockett on the 12 yard out uh and for a first down and then you go to your uh brett your what you're talking about with his touch passes i mean the for the touchdown on that play to lock it when gino's sitting there in the pocket and and Lockett's running this crosser. I'm going, oh, fire that thing in there. Fire it. Like, and, and then I <laughs> see him just put some touch on him. Like, oh, no, what is that? And it just was so perfect. Like, he just had perfect. that vision of where he needed to land it. And, and we all know Tyler Lockett. He, he thrives when you can make him run under that ball. Like, put, put that ball in that area. Lockett's going to get there and somehow position himself to 
where he's the only person. He uses his body so well, just being able to to shield defenders. And, you know, he's, he's little. He's such a little guy, but he uses every single square inch of himself to make sure that defender will never get to that ball. But that's just a little example of, of where I thought Gino, where he impressed me the most, just overcoming all these, just backing up, moving forward, yeah. getting the first down, backing up. And then you took the lead there. And then the next possession, we got the interception for a touchdown. So it was a big momentum shift. Uh, and on the road yeah. too, right? I mean, on we, we road, talked about yeah. how that atmosphere was going to be. There was all the ski mask stuff and everything like that. So just really cool to overcome all that. And, you know, when, when I think of Tyler Lockett, that, that catch though, that touchdown catch the, on that ball that, that, you know, put in the air like that. Lockett coming down with it sort of over his shoulder like that on a knee in the back of the end zone. Like we've seen Tyler Lockett make that catch so many times. Like that is his catch, isn't it? I was going to say, as soon as Gino motioned him in, I go, hey, I took my whole family's with me. I'm stressed out of my mind. And then I saw him motion him in. I go, hey, it's touchdown, you know, fellas. He's going across, touchdown, opposite corner. And that's exactly what, like you said, we've seen that catch so many times. It's just Tyler Lockett doing Tyler Lockett things. Yeah, It's that knee down every time. It's all about the knee. Before well, we move as on, we know, but, one knee equals two feet, right? John Madden. It is. John Madden. <laughs> but before we move on, B-Wall, what do the coaches say about all these dead ball procedures? Like, because penalties have always been detrimental to us in wins and losses, and losses more more importantly. Yeah. Like these games don't have to be close. I think we had nine or ten penalties for eighty yards. Like, yeah. and just backing us up, getting behind the sticks, and not staying to sticking the script for Shane. Like what's said in the meeting the next day? You know, it's, it's, it's stuff that is, it's a tough question because it's, it's stuff you can't really practice, right? I mean, in, in, in practice, you're lined up correctly. You know, you're not jumping off sides correctly. You have all these, um, you know, you have the sound going, you're used to it. I don't know. It's just the heat of the game, I think gets to some guys and, and it moves a little faster. Um, maybe for, especially for some of the young guys, uh, and, and so somehow something doesn't click and it just, and, and you know it when it happens, right? You might jump off sides. You, Cause I think, I mean, we saw a guy like, like Will Disley, he never does that stuff. And I think he, yeah. you know, he j- fell out of his stance. Just kind of, you just kind of lose it for a second. You're like, what did I just do? Um, hmm. But and lining up correctly, same thing. Um, you know, that bunch formation where the, there was that illegal formation, it's just, I don't know. You just kind of forget. You kind of just think that you're on it. You're so focused on your route. You think you're on the line, but you still got to check. So it's just, it's about maturing, I think, because I think that was the rookie receiver who did it. And we were watching, uh, we saw multiple times some guys running the same routes. So they were in the same area. Um, hmm. There was one yeah. particular where, where both Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, both went on this little quick out. And we're like, yeah. that shouldn't be it. And then there was one where Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both ran and over um, about almost the same depth. They were like three yards away from each other and they kind of looked at each other at the end of the play. And so there was a lot of little miscues um, that that hurt them, that hurt the Hawks a lot. And, and you get those out of your game. Uh, I, I mean, this game, it was going to be close. It's the NFL. It's always going to be close. But you get those out of your game. You're not you're not digging yourself into these holes where you got to make these, this huge play. You know, you're – you're not third and 10 anymore. You're third and five, you're third and four, you're third and manageable. And so I don't know. I, those coaches, you know, will stress that. I mean, I think that'll be the big thing this week because that's your first time going on the road. I think that had a big thing, big, big thing to do with it. With the, that that crowd true. was loud. The crowd was loud and they were excited. I mean, Detroit, I mean, they think they're going to win a Super Bowl this year. Those fans, um, you know, they have a good squad. They'll be competitors, but uh, first, what was that? What I hear first sold out season ticket, Season tickets yeah. sell out in Detroit for 20 some years or something like that. Something ridiculous. Yeah. So they're excited out there. It was loud. It was hostile. So for a lot of these young guys coming into that first away game, hostile environment like that, uh, I, I think that plays a big, big role on it. Only experience will fix it. Flipping, flipping sides of the ball, Lofa. I mean, this Seahawks defense, we looked like the Seahawks defense. I'm just laying some hits out there. Quandre in particular is one that sticks out in my mind. I mean, he just he put it on him. Uh, uh, Chenna getting the, the forced fumble and then Reed jumping on it. We had uh, Trey Brown with the pick six. We, we talked about Trey Brown after the Rams game. I mean, talk about just stepping up and having yourself a game. Way to go, Trey. Uh, where do you want to start, Lofa? Um, let's start with the positives, you know, 
linebackers just out there ripping heads <laughs> off. I love it. Uh, Brooks and Bobby both mm-hmm. over 10 tackles like they always do. Yeah. Um, some incredible uh, – before they got that fourth down uh, stop, Bobby shot the gap and made a great hit in the backfield to keep it to fourth and three or whatever it was when they didn't get it. Um, great play. Brooksy had some big hits. Chenna with the forced fumble. Yeah. So, okay, let's shift over to the, the D-line. Uh, actually, no, let's go to secondary before we get to the D-line. <laughs> Sorry, jump around a lot. That's not good. Um, we, you know, Spoon got his first action, and I know yeah. he had one play he wants back. This is what we love about him is that he is super aggressive and fast to the ball. And so when he saw the handoff, he stopped for a second because he will come up and run support. And that's what you need. He'll go hit somebody, yeah. He just wants to take heads off. And you love it about him. But um, And he had some great hits and a big you know PBU, but just lost his eyes on one play and undisciplined in his first game, right? And on the road. You know, and he showed up and showed out on the fourth down stop and another big pass breakup on third and 10 later in the game um, when we need it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Trey Brown, who yes. took a lot of shit last week, and I mm-hmm. said, hey, you know, I, I thought he had a solid game last week. You know, just one penalty that I wasn't happy about, but he he gets a sack, right? Bring him off the edge. And then the next play, he's tasked with, um, combination, they run in a, a route over there, almost like a double follow um, uh, B-Walt, and they run Gibbs, who is a receiver. That guy is unbelievable. Yeah, Out of the backfield, and the ball is thrown behind him. Trey's going to make the tackle, but he, he very alertly catches it and then houses it. I mean, it was just – and then he followed up the next series. He's got two guys running down the sideline. He's responsible for number one, but he's an overlap too, so he also has to be – somewhere near to make the tackle on if the inside backer doesn't get enough depth, which we got solid depth to put some air on that ball. He runs right over and he breaks it up. He was on fire. And then, you know, I know people, I know Trey's going to want that touchdown back that um, they scored to make it a three point game. It was five seconds in coverage. He had all golf had all day to throw. And so I guess that's where I'll take it to the D line. We need pressure, man. Yeah, I, that's what that's what I was going to say. For as good a game as Trey Brown had, he also has, I think, the first and maybe only Seahawks sack this year, and we need some from some D linemen. Well, Trey, Trey got one. Uh, Trey Draymond hit yeah. on a, a great hustle. The, uh, All right, fine. Play. Still came after Trey's then because I think Trey's was the first Trey one of the, the year. You, okay, you have so. a quarterback tied Who to the lead. Who had Trey Brown stats? getting the first that? sack of the year? Okay. Look at he had that preseason. Oh my God. Yeah. But I mean, it's just, we're not pushing the pocket. And so if you're going to, you have to manufacture pressure. I mean, this is where hopefully Adams comes back healthy pretty soon and you start sending them up the gut or off the edge and just, you know, plug the middle with two big bodies, you know, D tackles. And, and you have to put pressure in the quarterback's face. He's not, they get hit from the side. You know, they're not too worried about that, but you go after them. Like that's, it changes their perspective and how quickly they have to get rid of the ball. So until that happens, you know, I think we're going to see more of what we saw. The turning point for me on this was when Montgomery got hurt. That guy was going at 4.3, a, a churn. Like that, he is a beast. Yeah. And when he went out, they were no longer able to get those runs up the middle that they were getting. Um, and hate to see the kid get hurt, hate to see the injury. But that was a turning point for me where we kind of got things figured out. Kind of a weird injury, too, because it's like his own intensity. He hurt himself trying to spin around all those times. And, and you know, Brooks is trying to tackle him. And it's like, yeah, it was that was that was interesting. Yeah, it reminded me like, like Bo Jackson. Remember when he was in the, his last game and the guy had him by the leg and his sheer force and power, like mm-hmm. only a guy as strong as him could put that kind of force is what the doctor said. And it, it pulled his hip out of socket or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I hope wow. that's not the case for this kid. He was, he was, man, he's everything Dan Campbell wants. Right. And in, in, in bodies and spirit and just, we're going downhill at you. Good luck. Well, speaking of injuries uh, on the Seahawks side of the ball, I think most notably would be Reek Woolen left the game and then didn't come back. So we'll have to see how that plays itself out as we go along here. Um, and, and, another, and and then, oh, go ahead, Brian. If I can add about Trey Brown, I mean, he didn't start. The game. Oh, yeah. You know, it was Reek and True. it was Witherspoon. Yeah. And, and for having Trey right. Brown come in there and, and fill in, I mean, I think he expected to get in quite a bit. I mean, he had to yeah. assume considering the last week and, and how the preseason went. But to just come in and, and and be the starter, uh, have to fill in for a reek that you don't expect to to go down. That's pretty impressive. And 
And the stat line, this is what I love. He now, we talked about this, he leads the team in forced fumbles, right? Or he's tied for forced fumbles because he got one at the end of the half there. But that counts. Right. It's a stat. Oh, that's right. It's, it's a that's stat. That's right. On kind of a scary play, by the way, on the last Very play of the scary. half. Yeah. Yeah. Brown he, might have he'll been take it. That. He got the forced mm-hmm. fumble, so he'll take that's right. he, that's Interceptions. Right. And then, uh, and also, uh, sacks. So he's, he's now the team leader or tied for the team lead in, in those three categories, which, which is, uh, I mean, you can't ask for much more than that from a cornerback. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's and he scored a touchdown. <laughs> he scored a touchdown. And he scored a touchdown. Leads yeah. the defense in touchdowns too. Yeah. Um, okay. What about, what about special teams though? Let's, we got to talk about teams for a second. Profa, we used to do this, uh, with Jamal Adams back in the day when he first got here and they weren't sure how to use him. We would say, you know, Lofa and I would say we need to talk about Jamal. Uh, Lofa, I think it's time we need to talk about Jason. I look. I blame myself week one because I had him on my fantasy squad. I blamed you myself. Him. You jinxed him. But I took him off. I dropped him because I said I can't do this. I don't want to do this to my team. I dropped him. I didn't have him during this game. This one's not my fault. He's Jason is not my team. He's not the Sea Chickens problem anymore, Lofa. But he's 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 yeah. Seahawks is sometimes. What are we gonna do, man? Um, I think he'll be all right. He'll, all he'll right. figure it out. And um, you know, now if you lose a bunch of games and and we have a ton of missed field goals, that's when you're like, okay, what's going on? You know. But um, you know, that first one, he just he he, he shanked. He he pulled it horribly. He knows it. The next one, we didn't do him any favors. Uh, you know, fair catching. They were backed up and. This, you know, this is something no one doesn't go on the stat sheet. No one talks about, but we got them backed up, stopped. We get the ball back with 50 seconds, but we're on our own 30. We have three timeouts. Great. We had 15 yards to catch that ball. And even DJ knew, and I love DJ. He's one of our best special teamers, but he's not a true returner. We need to find a returner because whether it's kickoffs or punt returns, we're, we're we're giving up yards. They had a big punt return that led back to their uh, when we were backed up after Geno's play, that led to an easy field goal, and they could milk the clock. And I thought they were going to go for a touchdown. I didn't know why they were setting them for a field goal uh, with all those timeouts. But that's you know we didn't do them any favors by making them kick a fifty-six yarder. Like if we just return that ball and just fall forward for ten yards, it's a it's a forty-six yarder. And those are little things that go a long way in terms of unrealized potential in the return game. We have to, we have all this speed. We got Witherspoon, we got Trey Brown, we got receivers, uh, Jackson Smith, he can do it. Like we got to put a, a, a speed guy back there okay. know, or at least cause, cause DJ is always secure the ball first and I love it, but, but putting him back there puts one of our best blockers back there. Cause we, if we have him on the line, we have more time to hold up their tacklers and so mm-hmm. it's just a fast of the game that that we're missing but to answer your question myers will figure it out i got confidence in him he's a pro bowler he'll be fine but we we got to do him some favors yeah all right well i don't know i'm you know i'm the voice of the fans here this is what fans are asking online like p- people don't feel like we've had sort of an automatic even though no kicker is automatic but the the sentiment is that we haven't had like an automatic kicker since i don't know Hauschka. house money you know, so I mean, what is it with Seahawks? Was, wasn't he a Pro Bowler last year? He missed three field goals. So he missed three last year. It's just people have a short term yeah. memory. For, for I know, man. You're allowed to have a bad game. Houska missed three games in one game in Arizona. You know, like, three yeah. field goals. So, like, and we tied that game. Right? There. Yeah, these I are Seahawks fans we're talking like about. Game. They're not. They're not rational. These are but Seahawks fans. You know what the worst thing I think at, 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 for so kickers and, and you know between us three. They're a little bit mental, right? Things start going. <laughs> it's tough for you know they they're all in their head. They're working on their their. It's tough. Like they they can go down a slippery slope very quickly as far as mm-hmm. their kicking. So as you know, media and fans and stuff, you just kind of get behind them. Hey, you're good. You'll make some kicks. And it's yeah. it's a confidence thing for these guys. The second everyone's doubting them, and and you feel, I mean, you have one job, right? And and so the second you feel your team, especially your teammates and stuff, just kind of getting on you, you got to make and doubting. I mean, it's like it can go downhill quick. So, you know, you just got to keep – we got to keep him up, keep him positive. It was one game. Uh, and one kick was, what, 55-plus yards. I mean, it's a big kick. Yeah. You can't – I mean, you're, that's that's not a guaranteed field goal. So, um, you just got to keep uh, keep at him or, you know, let him just keep doing his thing. He's a pro bowler. He's had, you know, two two pro bowl years, I believe, one with the Jets, yeah. one with the Hawks. And so, he, he's a good kicker, and he's got a strong leg. It's just, 
you know, one, I, I think one bad kick. The other one he missed fraction and for a 56 yeah, yard I think, or whatever. I think anything over 50, I think is, you know, like that's understandable. That's a little, that's a much more questionable kick. I think the one against the Rams in week one was, was too short to be missing. And then, you know, it was yeah, just yeah, that he missed the first one in this, in, in this Detroit game where everyone was going, Oh, come on, not again. You know, I think so. It's just the, the optics on it and the way that it looks, but I agree, Brian, I think I, let's, let's all do what Brian says. Let's get a Myers Jersey. Maybe this is something that Brian's got a Y in his name. Myers has got a Y, you know, like maybe this is a <laughs> get behind him a little bit. Give him some confidence. We trust him. Yeah. He's a good kicker. Man. He's been around a long time. So he, he'll be, he'll be good, but special teams, something how about punt coverage. I got to talk about that because you had, one Jerry Reed the second, I like I love that name. I don't know why. I think it just rolls off the great Jerry Reed the second. Uh, big play uh, coming down and, and knocking the returner out right as he catches it. I mean, teach tape. Uh, that'll be on. Yeah. That'll be on in every special teams meeting across the country on every team. Coaches are going to be showing that piece of tape, just saying, "Look at this. Watch this timing. Watch how this lines up." I mean, that's just perfect. You had Bobo down the ball inside the five yard line, catching a punt. You work on that every day. <laughs> Some guys can't catch a punt standing there. He caught it running down the yeah. sideline like it's it was great. a pass. Right? I love Bobo, it. By the way, uh, Bobo, the key to the game, you guys. Uh, the Seahawks are now undefeated in games in which Bobo has a catch. So one reception, <laughs> three yards. Seahawks that's a, let's keep that stat going all year. Let's see where that one goes. I like it. I like it. We'll be keeping track of that one. Yeah, that's a big one. Man. And then Jarek Reed also had a big touchdown saving uh, tackle on the uh, the last punt return of the game. On the last Which was return, huge, yeah. huge. I mean, I thought he had all kinds of space and Jarek Reed came out and tackled him. So I, I give that he was my unsung hero of the game was Jarek Reed. Jarek Reed was also, I think – I think he was also the first Seahawk to grab the blue ski mask and put it on uh, on his IG live that. from the locker room. So I love it. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a, there was a sweet picture of that thing and walking through the yeah. tunnel. With it. it was great. Yeah, yeah I know. So, and I you know what? We, we saw Bobby Wagner on kickoff return, I believe. Dude, that was on. That was on hands team. We went hands team. Oh, well, okay, that, good. Just want to make sure because we were so, talking about what, yeah. and they just kicked it deep. Okay, good. That's why I got you here, Lofa. You know this. You know, you see Bobby in there. You're like, no, well, no. Well, I was so horrified because I was like, oh, I saw a nasty cheap shot. Dude runs directly into Bobby's back after it's over. Like, Bobby's pulling up, just smokes him in the back. And I was like, wait, what the hell is Bobby doing out there? Because they didn't show yeah. the, the wide shot, but I saw DJ yeah. with all this room. So I was like, oh, Bobby's out there. All this room's got to be uh, hands team. And, but then absolute savage Nick Ballore just takes the guy and tosses him. Yeah. But, <laughs> But this is – I hope this is a moment that Pete will take the film back to the guys because we've had a lot of jarring after DT's hit. I'll talk about that in a second. But, you know, we got a penalty and the Chenna started doing the, you know, wah, wah, crybaby shit. Um, yeah. And Bobby came over, settled him down, went over to DT. DT thought the guy had the ball. But yeah. when Bobby got cheap-shotted and had yeah. – Yeah, when Bobby got cheap-shotted, had every right to want to, like, rip the guy's head off – he just got up and he, he talked a little shit, but he didn't nothing that the, the refs would throw a flag on. Like, just like, all right, yeah. you know, like I'm going to get you like, you, you know, I'm you guys are going to pay for that. And this is a teachable moment that I hope Pete takes that film and like, look, this is your captain. And he just got cheap shotted and, you know, good to come to his uh, defense and, you know, his honor. But he didn't do anything to get a flag in this moment. And like, mm-hmm. that's something I think they we all need to learn from. 15 yards is huge in the course of a game, right? A 15-yard penalty is so big, and Bobby understands that. Um, and that's why guys are always trying to push buttons. And, and the Seahawks have, have have been you know victims of it. And so mm-hmm. teams know this. Teams are going to be on the Seahawks all year trying to get in their face, trying to do little cheap things to get them to respond because you always get that second guy. And, and 15 yards is – is huge. I mean, it's 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 almost everything to coaches too. Coaches overreact about fifteen yards more than anybody. They're like, "Oh my god, now what do I do? We have fifteen yards to work with." Uh, and so it's it's huge that Bobby can do that. That's a good point, Lofa. I like that. Well, and because everybody's been on DK a lot, there was a play where DK got out there to block for one of the receivers that had the ball or one of the running backs. And he had the big D end on him and the D end didn't even care about the ball. He was like, I'm just going to try to, you know, I'm 40 pounds heavier than DK, even as big as he is. He ran over and, you know, DK fell down and the guy tried to like bury him and get on him and start like instigating shit. And uh, I was very proud of DK in that moment. Like, 
all right, he went right back to the huddle. Didn't even turn around and look at the guy. Normally, he turns around, and gets right in the guy's face. So yeah. we're learning, and I love yeah. it. See, well, and exactly. I think that's, that's I think that's why the yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Yep. I, you're probably going to say the same thing I was going to say. I just think that that's why the Rams game, I think, is going to be so valuable in the broad scheme of things. When you look back on this season, you'll be like, man, if you have a, can have a game that just goes flat out wrong every in every category, everywhere, just losing composure, terrible on both sides of the ball, like first game of the season against the Rams, man, and then you just go from there. And and there were so many teachable moments in that game that – like Lofa said, I mean, you saw DK, he learned from it. He didn't react like he did in the Rams game. And, and that he understands, you know, 15 yards is big. It's all about the team. And so that that the things that happened in the Rams game, I think we're going to look back and be thankful that they happened for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, I, I'm not sure if we can all even put a finger on exactly why we're so happy this morning, but it's all of these things, all of the above. The team just, they looked like, they they looked like the team who we thought they were or whatever that, what's that whole? <laughs> they are who we thought they were. They yeah, were there you go. Were. That's it. Uh, guys, we've talked so much about the Seahawks game. I, I, I've been remiss in not sending us to a commercial break, um, which we need to do right now. And then let's look around uh, the league a little bit and then wrap this thing up on the other side of this commercial break we'll be right back all right uh back on the show <laughs> Lofa. didn't even get a drink <laughs> didn't even let him take a sip um uh, you we, guys uh, great game from the seahawks oh go ahead Brian. one thing i, I want to hear yeah. lofa's opinion on this because i got okay, my opinion okay. i want just to the seahawks game let's go around the dt okay. penalty I, yeah. I just, you know, when Jared Goff pretends he has the ball and DT doesn't, obviously has no idea where the ball is, and which is fine, and he hits, I don't understand why that's a penalty. He came off the edge and gave a, a dip and rip move, and Goff carried out the fake and set up like yeah. he normally does. He can't see the ball. Why do you think he got up celebrating? Celebrated. If, if he just wanted to hit the guy and, like, risk – a penalty, which we got, yeah. and a fine, a FedEx that he's going to get anyways on Wednesday. Uh, I think that'll be appealable, though. I think. I, think I would hope so, taste. but he's yeah. going to lose. He's going to lose a couple bucks. Uh, yeah. But he got up celebrating, like "Let's go!" Like get, you know, yeah. he got a sack, and so that's where the miscommunication in terms of like because that it happens so quick, especially you have a big ass lineman in front of you and you juke him, and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm home free!" Like just hit him as hard, and you. And you only got that much of a window to hit him in, so that's why you hit him in the yep. ribs. Yep. So um, I I felt bad for DT because I know he's not malicious like that. He's not a dirty player, but yeah. um, you know that's where it, it kind of broke down. And I know Goff, he's pissed he got hit. And, you know, after you know the ball was handed off, it was a reverse or whatever it was, but. <clears throat> Well, this kind of goes, this actually does go hand in hand with our look around the league though, because I was watching uh, the game with my boy, he's eight. And as we were watching a lot of the games, um, he, he was, he, he thought there should almost be a penalty on almost every play as we were watching like red zone, even later in the day. And we're looking around all these games. He's like, he's like, Oh, that should be a penalty. And I like, I would go, no, 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 that was a normal play. And he'd go, well, they're, but they usually talk on every play <laughs> and it's, the, the, the referees, you guys, the, the officiating it's, I'm not even going to complain about the officiating. I'm just going to complain about the amount of officiating. It's so much. And then now, like we talked about with the grounding versus, and then this other thing with Daryl Taylor, like they're also like, we're expecting them to know what the players are thinking, but then also like they do kind of need to know what the players are thinking sometimes and, and pocket the flag, but then other times they need to pull the flag out. It's like, it it's just it's a mess. Even even uh, on um, Detroit, they ran the quick screen to Montgomery, which was a phenomenal effort by him. When Reynolds or whoever ran into Julian Love, um, like was it Dean Blandino, whoever's in the box or Pereira, like back in New York, uh, he was like, uh, "That's not a penalty." Like, yeah, Kobe Parkinson, yeah, he's getting yeah. press coverage. Yeah, and I know it's a big play, but you got to keep that flag in the pocket because. He's pressing him inside of five, and if he's strong enough and he throws him 10 yards, that's not – he did it within the five yards. Well, it, the first game of the year, right, I, on, everybody was watching that. First Thursday night game, they had the referee guy on the broadcast talking about how the tackle was so far back, and he's going – like on the broadcast, he's like, I don't know how they're letting them get away with this. There's just been some weird stuff. Did you guys see the end of the Rams-Niners game with the field goal down by 10? 
with four yeah. seconds left that the referees were running to grab the ball so that they could hurry up and place it so that they could get that play run in time. I, I the point understand. spread on the game was seven or seven and a half, depending on where you placed the bet, and they were up by two. Oh, listen, there's now some weird stuff going on stuff. this weekend. It's scripted. <laughs> It's scripted. <laughs> Brian, I asked, I asked Loco a few weeks ago if it was scripted. So, yeah, it's a running oh, joke man. around here. But, yeah, that well, one was weird. important though. enough to ever get a script if it was weird. scripted. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Was, it, was there anything else from around the league, though, uh, football-wise, uh, that you guys want to get into before we wrap out this episode? Uh, Giants had a great comeback. Uh, mm-hmm. I, watched, I watched the majority of that. I How about the Commanders come back commanders on our back on the Broncos? And then Russ throwing Pardon that me. hail mary. Of yeah. course, Russ mm-hmm. completes a hail mary. It gets tipped six times. And like, and then they just there should have oh, been a hold. There should have been a holding. Some officiating right there. Yeah. There should have been a holding on that two point play. Dude had him by the neck as he's going for the ball. And it was there's a holding like, on every yeah. play now. We know that. There's holding. You could easily call holding on every single play in the NFL. I've never it's held just, anybody, but okay. <laughs> typical defensive. I've been held every play, every single play. Rip jerseys, rip shirts. It's probably you, Lopa. That's the best one is when the shoulder pad's out yeah. and the receiver's turning to the guy like, it didn't happen on its own. Yeah. <laughs> I, the viewership-wise, Entertainment wise, these games are it's super entertaining, but I, like I don't know how some of these scores are happening, and I don't know how some of these comebacks are happening so quickly. That Giants game, I mean, that thing was crazy. Like, what a comeback that was. Um, we can flip it over to college. Did you guys watch the Colorado Colorado State game? We could talk a little college football if you want, just touching on it real quick. I mean, man, I was up till 3 a.m. with you guys watching that, I think, right? That was crazy. Wow. If there is a script, that was a fun script to watch that night. That was a crazy be, I'm just curious to see how Colorado – I mean, their, their schedule starts for them now. Mm-hmm. You know, they got Oregon this week, and I think they got USC. And I don't know. I I, I think they're, they have some athletes. They're a good team, but I still think they're going to be a 7-5. and five Let me, What about your take on uh, – 7-5? Uh, Whoa, we can't go over that. Have you looked at their schedule? We can't breeze past that. 7-5. and five. Have you looked at the schedule they have left? I have. They got Oregon, conference. Utah, USC, UCLA. They have Wazoo. They have Oregon State. Washington. Do they play Washington? Do they? Yeah. They yeah, they do. do. Okay. Yeah. They do. Yeah. I, I mean, so I mean, it's just the Pac-12 is brutal this year. It's just yeah. It's, 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 what about the what about the storming the field though? I'm going to take it out of football again and just take it to the human interest side of it. I mean, you're a 23 point favorite. That's an unranked team. You're at home. I know it's a big win in overtime, but should we be storming the field there? Well, you know, it's a rivalry game. It's a a Colorado State. And Colorado hasn't had this excitement in years. These fans are just loving it. So I'm saying, you know what? I've always loved the storm in the field in college football, no matter. I mean, it's such a tradition that you get the chance to do it. And and like I said, Colorado, they haven't won like this. They haven't had the expectations like this. These fans are just dying for something. They get to do it. And and it was a big win. I mean, overtime win against an in-state rival. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Who's obviously I don't think very good, but still, I think still win the game. Wins. TSU hasn't beat Colorado in like I mean, Colorado's been pretty bad for a few years, but they always beat CSU. It's not like Colorado State's beat them the last five or six times. Yeah, they're fired up, and, and the, the whole hat, sunglasses comment with Colorado State. I sure, sure. Attitude, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, rivalry games, dude. I'm telling you, we almost lost to UCLA to go to the Oklahoma National Championship Orange Bowl. Um, because not that we didn't respect them, but they came out and they were like a six and six team, seven and five team. Um, they had talent, but they just hadn't put it together. And then two years later, like the, the Trojans walk into, uh, Pasadena again and they get upset and miss out on a, a fourth, uh, straight national title trip. Cause now we ended up having two losses instead of one. So you can't underestimate what a rivalry can can you know be and so uh the storm of the field yeah i think it's a bit much you know for but it's it's the rivalry right Mm -hmm. so i I just uh i give them a lot of credit coming down two scores in the fourth quarter sure and and shadur sure yeah shadur yeah well and shiloh Shiloh, both of both of his kids just falling out so the funniest thing was when he oh he jumped that route he saw it and took off and uh 
he wanted to start high stepping around 40 and he saw Horton and he was just like, Oh shit. Just he put his head down and kept going. But, but I wanted to see the high step, but that kid yeah. Horton, that kid Horton's the real deal. Uh, yeah. Well, that was just season. a hell of a game, man. The, the hit that Shador took too, uh right on the, on the final drive, right. The one where Dion like wiped his lip. And I mean, that was, a, I mean, just what a hit to take. My goodness. That was a hard. Oh, how about the hit on, here you go. Brian, you're a receiver. Lofa, you're a defensive guy. How about the hit on Hunter? Dirty, not dirty. It's a rivalry game. Hard hit. I mean, the internet's all over the place on this one. What do you? What are your guys' thoughts? I don't know. I wonder what direction Lofa's going to go with this. Trying to read his eyes here, see how my defense will pop up. I got my. Um, I mean, if, if I, I think it was a late hit. It, it was a late hit. Though. I mean, that it. ball. I think a yeah. fraction sooner, it's fine. But that ball mm-hmm. was the ground. That ball was down. I mean, yeah, and, and he, he had pulled up a little bit already and he just kind of got under. And I don't know if it – it's not like – he didn't lay into him, though. That's the thing. He didn't, like, go all out and just try to deck so, him. It's like he kind of tried to pull off a little bit, but just got him in a weird way and it looked terrible. So We're, we're in agreement. It was it was soft as shit, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was dirty. It was – yeah. It's like, you know, if you're going to take the shot, I mean, I don't want to hurt anybody. But yeah. you, you, I, I, just, I just thought it was like, okay, if you're going to go, go and send, mm-hmm. send a message, set the tempo. Um, you know, especially in a big rivalry where you're overmatched uh, yeah. on paper, anyways. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, that was a typical hit back in my day. So I don't want to be an old head saying, you know, who cares? Mm-hmm. But you, I was more upset that I didn't get to see Hunter, you know, play. Yeah. The kid is yeah, electric. Exactly. Yeah, on both absolutely. sides of the field. Like yeah. one of the best athletes I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Totally. You're saying he's going to be out a few weeks, huh? Is that what the word is? It, it, well, it either has to be a sternum or a rib or oblique. Yeah. It's not because, I mean, where he got hit, like it was underneath the arms as he was coming down and just, you know. Yeah. And that's another reason why I'm saying seven and five for Colorado. We got three, <laughs> if, we got three or if, four weeks without him? If he's out, okay. I buy that now. Now you're making you a little go. more sense. There we go. I'm not predicting. I'm not going to predict the record. I'm just going to keep. You know, watching. I was, you know, I was thinking about Lofa. I, I wish I had. Man, you're big time. You know, you go. You're talking about your college days. You're saying, "Man, we play UCLA to get to the national championship and all." And I'm sitting here like, "Huh, my college days." Yeah, we, you know, we were two and seven going into University of Penn game, trying not to be the bottom in the Ivy League ten game season. I got nothing. I can't match that. I can't match those stories. That's just so – I love that. I well, love did that you, big-time college football. Where, did you have offers um, in the pack and on, you know, over here? or you know, No. You know, Washington State was my dream school. I wanted to go play football there. Um, and they just – they gave me like a walk-on preferred or whatever that – I don't even know what that is. But So the only uh, like Division One a would have been Air Force Academy. I took a visit there. So they were the second on my list oh, behind oh, Cornell. So that was it. Well, I did start at Maine before I went to before I hit the portal. I made the portal cool. So you want to talk about coolness? National title is cool. I made the portal cool. I'm gonna leave it at that. Did you you had to sit out that a year then back then though, right? After you transferred or fucking miserable. It was the longest year of my life. Wait, did you transfer after your freshman year or yeah, I played my freshman year in Maine and then I transferred to SC um, in two thousand two. Okay. and and so you want to talk about cool things? I got to I got to play with three Heisman Trophy winners. That's pretty cool. It's amazing. Yeah. Carson Palmer, Matt Liner, Reggie Bush. Maybe you heard of him. That's pretty awesome. That's I know unreal. he's a, he's a he's a big Husky fan, so I know it's killing him. <laughs> I was gonna stand here and let you guys just chat about the old days as long as possible if you want. I don't know. I hit the theme music, but we don't have to necessarily. Are we good? Wait, what? Oh, you know what? No, I have to mention Epic Seats. That's one of our sponsors. EpicSeats.com, everybody. If you're looking to buy or sell seats, EpicSeats.com. Mention Take 12. Get an extra $12 when you're selling your seats. Per seat, you get an extra $12. Uh, and if you're buying seats, you get 12% off when you spend 100 Nobody beats Epic Seats. B-Walt, hands <laughs> in the metal, break us down. I didn't hear you in on that. I, timing's terrible for us. Oh, wait, you got the score <laughs> prediction got? winner? Oh, the score prediction winner is at D4 Coleman. Congratulations. You win Yay! 50 bucks from our friends at Simply Seattle, $50 gift card. And I guess that means the score prediction challenge starts over again this week. And if Reset nobody nails it. it, 
it's it adds 50 each time, but somebody nailed it on the first one this time. So there you go. Yes, the exact score, and he got 50 bucks. Exactly, yeah. exact score. I love it. Yeah. Nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, Good Brian, deal. thank you so much for being on the show, man. We do really appreciate your time and uh, and energy and all that stuff putting up with us. Thanks, man. Uh, this is great, guys. I love it. Anytime, anytime. I love you coming guys can, talking you... Hawks, talking whatever, talking about Lofa's glory days, anything. Hell yeah. <laughs> You we guys didn't can even find his golf game. What, what, we missed media, out. At BWalt19. Um, also find him on 710 with Bumpus and Paul Moyer and Turbo and Ray Roberts. Three hours pre every Seahawks game and then three hours post every Seahawks game, win or lose. For producer Katie and Lofa, I'm Brett. We're out of here. Like he said, uh, Brian, hands in the middle. You're our guest. Break us down post-practice style. What are the rules we got? You know, we used to say, uh, we used to say whoops, whoops on me, whoops on three, whoops on me or something like that. Wide outs on the scene. That's what we used to say. Whoops, but I was going to like, say 12 or something. No, the whoops. No, no, whatever you got. You know, all right. All right. Whoops on me, whoops on three. Here we go. One, two, three. Whoops. That's what whoops. we do. There we go. We were a little off on that, but it's okay. Yeah. Next time. You linebackers, man. They, they don't get it. it don't get it. I, they, <laughs> they get excited. They get excited. There we go. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.